On with the show. Another episode of the often imitated, never duplicated Voices of Misery podcast. And of course, I am one half of your dynamic duo, the nerds. I am the nerd, and I'm all alone today. And uh, there's a good reason behind that, actually. Um, very good reason that I'm recording alone today in the studios. It's actually a very sad, somber reason, and I think you guys are all going to feel bad for me, like you probably should, because, you know, everything has to turn around to me, because I'm the only person here talking right now, so I have that right. So, here we go. Let's start off to a very crazy start from uh, this morning. And for those of you that follow us on Twitter at Voices of Misery, you will understand exactly what's going on here and why my voice actually sounds a little bit raspier than normal. So it all goes back to yesterday. And um, we're just hanging out, you know, just doing our normal thing. And hello and thank you for joining us, by the way. And I hope you guys had a great weekend. So what happened was we basically, uh, you know, we started off yesterday like we normally do. I just ran a couple errands, went to the grocery store and whatnot, you know, just kind of enjoyed the Sunday, getting ready for the football games and whatnot. And, um, you know, we came back from running our errands and I normally pick up a nice little treat for myself whenever we go to the grocery store, because like you guys know, I've been doing a keto thing for a very long time. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll pass by this little area where they have like a special section for people that are like me, very picky and stubborn and won't eat sugar and stuff like that. It's just like a healthy, uh, G, non-GMO, uh, whatever the fuck, a vegan area. So I went over there and uh, I got myself a protein bar. It's like a chocolate peanut butter thing. And we get to the car, we pay for everything, you know, and I crack one open and I start snacking on it in the car and I'm like, this thing's fucking gross. Like it has no flavor. Didn't think anything of it. We go home, I like tossed, you know, half of the thing out because it was just nasty to me and I'm not going to waste any carbs. And I think they had like two carbs and I really count mine. I'm like, I'm not going to waste it on something I can't taste. Let's go back to the house and make myself breakfast and it's just bacon and eggs and have a slice of cheddar cheese on the side. Eating it, eating it, eating it. And I'm like, what the fuck? This doesn't have any taste. This is either the worst breakfast I've ever had or there's something wrong here. Ignored it for the rest of the day. And just to, you know, skip back a little bit, sorry for jumping around, but you know how I do when I'm all by myself, I got no one to keep me in line here. I, um, you know, was just sitting there like thinking, hey, my daughter's been sick for the past couple of days. She came home from school and she was pretty, pretty sick. The younger one was actually a little bit sicker before that, but she didn't really show signs of sickness. She was completely happy, normal, just, you know, her normal self. But whenever she ate, she would like projectile vomit. <laughs> It was the fucking weirdest thing. It's like she would eat and be fine. And before you know it, like 10 minutes later, it's like puking, puking, puking. So like, what the hell's going on here? And then, you know, there's a couple of days passed by and she had no fever. She was happy and just being herself. So we're like, all right, it's not too bad. Then the other one, the older one, the one that goes outside the house for school, like fucking out of nowhere, just got completely sick, just laying in bed, tossing and turning, like has that drained look, like sweaty almost, you know, clammy, be giving her medicine. She was puking. We're like, what the fuck? Just thought it was just a normal thing. You know, um, the kids get sick every single year and it's just, it, it's just a thing that happens. I remember when I was in school, 
there was always someone puking at the table or whatever the hell they got sent home. You didn't see him for a few days and another kid. And it always happens, especially growing up in the Northeast where you have some pretty harsh winters and the climate and seasons change and whatnot. You know, it's just something that you normally see a lot. Not as much down here, but, you know, our kids are special. You know, if, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to us. So every year we've been dealing with sicknesses and whatnot. Anyway, uh, those two had it. My wife and I were hanging out yesterday, and all these things were just not tasting good. And I'm like, you know what? You think I have something? And check my temperature. Nothing wrong. Otherwise, I felt great. So we dismissed the idea of COVID and just kind of lived the rest of our day. Wake up this morning, and I'm in the bathroom, and I hear, like, like a lot of weird breathing. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I come out, and I look at my wife, and she's uh, making the bed. And, like, you're all right? And she's like, no, nah, I've been up sick all night long, you know, puking and whatnot. And, yeah, she went out in the family room, and I was just hanging out. I'm like, yeah, go lay down. Don't worry about making the bed. I'll take care of it. I made the bed and everything, came out and talked to her. It just doesn't sound good, doesn't look good, really just like, you know, you can tell when someone's really just jacked the fuck up. And apparently she was up all night vomiting and whatnot, so uh, I had the bright idea to say, hey, let's go check these stupid fucking government tests that they've been sending, those antigen COVID-19 tests and whatnot. And we, there's like the, the free ones that they were sitting out. There's like an orange and white box. I'm sure you guys probably got a couple in your house. And we never used them. So I was like, hey, let's just see, you know, just for shits and giggles. So we take the test. It takes like 15 minutes for it to go through. I'm making myself breakfast this morning. I went, I got medicine and stuff, you know, came back and cooked myself breakfast. And it takes 15 minutes, you know, for that whole thing. And immediately I look over and it's got both fucking lines are like completely like colored in. I'm like, oh, shit. Look at the instructions. This means you got COVID. This doesn't. I'm like, oh, fucking A, they got it. So long story short, three out of the four of us got COVID-19, uh, the younger one just has the pukes. The other one is really, like, you know, weak and clammy and whatnot. And my wife seems really jacked up right now. But, I mean, not anything to worry about jacked up. It's just me, for lack of a better word. I'm just saying she's jacked up. But, I mean, it's just a normal sickness. And uh, I just want to take this moment right here to say to everybody, because I have to make this statement. Anytime someone gets COVID-19, they have to make a statement, right? You see these people, these politicians, they put their fucking Twitter statement out there. I put a Twitter statement out there that basically said, thank God that none of us in this house are vaccinated and boosted because I'm sure it would have been a hell of a lot fucking worse had they have been vaccinated and boosted. So there's just me spitting in the face of COVID-19. It finally got us. I mean, it was bound to happen. You can't stay healthy forever. And that's something that we knew was going to happen. I mean, we knew we were going to catch it in this house. It's finally gotten to us. Very mild, something to laugh at, and, and at least for us, uh, I mean, as with any sickness, you want to say, thank goodness it couldn't have been worse. I mean, it, it could have been worse, so thank goodness it wasn't, obviously. I mean, not like COVID's anything special. I never really bought into the hype or any of the bullshit narrative around it, just like I hope none of you did. But it's just one of those things, you know, just thought you guys might think that was funny that we finally we finally got it. So it took us quite a few years, actually. Um, this is about the best game of hide-and-seek I've ever played in my life. I feel like I should be given an award for the best hide-and-seek player because of the shit I've been hiding from it for a couple of years now. In plain sight, you know, we go to stores. We never let it interrupt our life once. We just lived our fucking lives, and we got a very mild case of it. And I have to think, in some alternate universe, there's a version of us out there underneath the bed, fucking afraid of this thing the whole time, gotten vaccinated and boosted like five or six times. And then 
it's like we finally get it and then we're screaming how did how could this happen we're vaccinated and boosted you know uh luckily i live in this universe where we just didn't fucking fall for the bullshit and like i said it's really nothing to be worried about uh if anybody was dealing with it themselves i mean you guys know it's really nothing to be worried about it's uh one of those things where you can't stop living your life you have to go out there and experiment um you know try things live live your life just don't let anything get you down you know what i mean but we'll be fine it's just she just didn't feel like doing a show today understandably so she doesn't have a voice she's really achy and just miserable so best wishes to the nerdette she'll hopefully be back on wednesday i mean if i kick my my little uh not having taste after one day it, it's gone for me so I don't know how the hell I get so lucky. I always do. So, I mean, I'm probably going to die some fatal illness one day, and everyone's going to see me, like, in a fucking bed with shit all attached to me and wires coming out of me looking like a fucking human octopus with all these wires and shit hanging out of me. They're going to say, hey, we never seen him like this before. So that's probably how it's going to happen. Who knows? But I am here. Had a good weekend besides, you know, everybody getting sick in the household. My New York football giants are in the playoffs still, so we played a really meaningless game that we still actually put up a decent fight against the Eagles, who had their starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in the game, and I'm telling you what, man, these Giants are going to be refreshed, I'd be very scared if I were any other football team right now, they're looking really good, I'm actually very happy that the uh, Packers got bounced out last night by the Lions, too, that was a hell of a, hell of a game there, and um, the Lions are going to be a team to watch out for next year, if I'm a Detroit fan, I'm very happy, and just looking at the progress this year, kind of like I would have been with the Giants had they not made the playoffs. I still would have been the same. I would have been like, holy shit, this has been a great year. I can't wait for next year. So there's a lot of teams on the up and up right now. Jacksonville Jaguars are a team looking fucking amazing. I can't believe they made it to the playoffs after looking like complete garbage beginning of the season. So this year, I'm more than ever looking forward to the playoffs because you got a lot of underdogs in there. You've got fucking Tom Brady's last season. I can't see him doing anything unless maybe the uh, 49ers throw some money at him. But they don't need him. They got Brock Purdy, and he's looking pretty damn good right now. I mean, that would be the only other team I can see him wanting to go to. But, I mean, just to kind of throw it at you guys, because I know a lot of you guys aren't football fans. I'm not going to bore you with a lot of football talk. But I'm really intrigued by this year because there's a lot of different storylines interwoven here. And it feels like the changing of the guard here where you see the old man, Tom Brady, going out. And he's got one last chance, and it's like, can he pull off one more postseason run on a team that, I mean, fucking a losing team, <laughs> a losing a team with a losing record in the fucking playoffs, and they host a home game. It's just absolutely insane, but it shows how weak that division is. And if I had to put money on it, I mean, I hate that every time I say this guy's going to fucking screw up or just suck somewhere, man, it's just like he goes out there and does the impossible, you know? So... Uh, <laughs> Fuck, man, if you gave me a dollar and I was like, this is your last dollar, you have to bet either for or against Brady to make it out the first round. I bet that dollar saying he's not going to do it, man. He's playing against either the Cowboys or the Eagles. I didn't check the, uh, the the brackets. I'm pretty sure he's playing against the Cowboys first. And, oh, boy, that's going to be a tough one, man. Cowboys are looking on the downturn. The Buccaneers didn't show any life at all this year, really. So it's just like... What's going to happen? I'm very interested in that game. I just want to see what version of the Buccaneers show up. But if I had to bet, because I know I've been kind of beating around the bush on that bet here, I'm going to say the Buccaneers get blown the fuck out. I'm, I'm thinking they score their normal 17 points, and it seems like all gas is out of them once they hit that 17 number. And I'm thinking the Cowboys put up like 40, 50 points on these fucking bastards. And I'm thinking that embarrassment finally gets rid of Tom Brady. 
I don't see the Buccaneers starting over with him again. I mean, he, he doesn't bring everything that he brought before. I don't think he's going to be able to get Gronk back. I mean, Gronk retired this year. I don't think he's coming back next year. If they're like, hey, let's give him one more run. I just can't see them loading up the roster for Tom Brady. I mean, I, I just don't see him loading up for this guy. He just doesn't have the arm strength anymore like he used to. He, I don't know, man. Maybe he'll surprise me in the playoffs, though. Maybe this guy will throw fucking five touchdown passes, 600 yards. Who fucking knows? I mean, he's Tom Brady after all. But like I said, bottom dollar, bottom line, I think he's going out. I think he's going to get embarrassed, and I think he's going to retire. And hopefully him and Giselle get back together. I always like them as a couple. And I've been watching that Tom Brady special on ESPN. I'm on episode seven. I think it's like Man in Time or some shit like that. What the, whatever the hell it is. It's on ESPN+. Plus. You, you can find it. It's about ten parts, and I'm at the part now where they're talking about him and Giselle's relationship. And after the Flategate where he was suspended for four games and how they went on a vacation they never got to go on a honeymoon and he's like i was on this vacation i'm watching my guys playing and he's like i'm training and giselle's out there with me because he couldn't have any of his trainers he couldn't have any contact so they were out there with resistance bands and she's holding the band and he's like sprinting and it's a really cool relationship they had and you can't just forget those times you know and it makes you wonder, like, if you can be that close with someone, why would you ever divorce them? I mean, I know shit happens, but you would think that that is a show of, like, you love and care for this person that much that you're willing to, you know, during your vacation where you guys should just be hanging out. You're taking time away from what you want to do, possibly, and just giving it all for him. And, and that's the way they kind of painted Giselle. Like, she was very selfless in this documentary. And she comes off as a really good supportive wife. And if I was Tom, I would have tried a lot harder to keep her because she seems like a really good woman. Plus, she's fucking Giselle and she's a billionaire probably. I don't know. She's got more money than him supposedly, but I don't know. That's their marriage. I don't give a shit. So anyway, I was thinking about a solution to my whole uh, dilemma here. How I was talking about a couple episodes ago how we were at the Walmart and that girl just randomly walked up as we were looking at TVs and started talking to me and shit. And I was thinking, this could be a solution. I think I'm going to need a t-shirt that says, if you want to talk to me, you must issue a $20 handshake first. You have to initiate with a $20 handshake. So if someone ever walks up to me again in the fucking store when we're trying to look at things and starts trying to sell me something or talking to me, I'm just going to turn around. I'm going to have this shirt on it. I'm going to have to get a, like a package of them. I can't wear the same one every day. But I'm going to point to it, and it's going to say, you know, to speak to me, you must give me a $20 handshake, and you can talk to me for at least five minutes. I think $20 is good for five minutes time frame, and if you want to give me your bullshit, I will take it and respond to it for 20 bucks. I just don't see any other reason. I mean, time to me is money. It's the most important thing in the world. That's one currency that we all have from the time that we're born with. I consider time a currency, where it's like you have a lot of it. Or you might not have a lot of it. You don't know how much you have of it. But it's a gift. You give it to people. You give people your time. That's the one currency that you have that you can genu like genuinely give to someone. It doesn't cost you anything, but it does at some you know, juncture if you think about it. Your time could be you taking away from you doing what you want to do in life. Uh, you can give your time your slash your currency in many different ways. You can give your time for five minutes. You give your time for five hours, a year of your time, whatever. It's yours, and I consider it a currency, so to me it's very valuable. So you would have to trade it for something equal. If I say my time for five minutes is worth 20 bucks and you give me 20 bucks, you want to talk. I know it sounds fucking ridiculous, but it will deter a lot of this bullshit. I wish you could make that a law. Like, hey, if you want to talk to a random stranger, you have to pay them because it's fucking annoying. Unless you're in a place of business. Like, like if I have a shirt on, like a polo shirt, or like if I go to some guy in fucking Home Depot and I'm like, hey, can you tell me where the ladders are? 
the guy has to answer for free because you're you're doing because you're in a place where it is acceptable to be talked to. But if you're a fucking strange guy like me, and I'm just walking around and sort of my family, and we're doing something, and you're a stranger as well, and you come up to me, there's absolutely no reason to talk to me. So therefore, you should have to initiate some sort of a uh, gesture of goodwill, so to speak. It would never fly in real life, but fucking a, I can dream, I can dream, I can dream, and it would surely as hell deter a lot of people. But yeah, if, if uh, you're one of those people that's on board with that idea, maybe we should take it up with our local congressman because I think that'd be a fucking hell of an idea. $20 handshakes for all, man. But yeah, let's, uh, this is going to be an awkward fucking episode, you know that? It's really easy when you have someone to bounce ideas off of. And to be honest with you, I was thinking about this morning uh, after, you know, she got really sick and whatnot. And I was like, like after we took care of everything, we got the med medicine, she went laid down. I'm like, oh, fuck, today's Monday. I had no idea. Like we got to do a show today, and I'm like, you know, if you don't want to do it today, you don't have to. And this is a couple of hours ago. My first inclination was, I should reach out to the old uh, Rolodex here and see who I can scrounge up for an episode. But I, I just, I just didn't feel like it. I mean, reaching out to someone on short notice is never fun. And I like to plan things out in advance. You know, I don't really like to do these spur of the moment type things, especially because people have lives to live. It's Monday. It's the new year. Uh, for a lot of people, what is it, January 9th, so people aren't off of work and whatnot. You're all expected to be back in the office by now, so didn't want to have anybody drop their last plans, even though I'm sure, you know, I could have could have reached out to someone. I really do cherish these times where we can all have a conversation alone here and just kind of bullshit and catch up on old times, and I can say what the fuck I want without having to deal with my goddamn wife keeping me in line, you know what I mean, so... We'll see where this thing goes here. I'm going to try to keep it to a good format here today. I was actually going to just do a couple of things off the top of my head here. But there are some things going on in the news. So I wanted to get into all that stuff. And uh, unfortunately, since my wife is not here, you guys will not be getting your days of the week as normal. But you will get some stuff you should be doing today. And that's what I'm going to give you. And a new segment called Things You Should Be Doing Today. And this segment, of course, ladies and gentlemen, how could I forget? This segment is brought to you by our lovely friends over at Team Built, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That's Built Bar, makers of the greatest protein bar of all time. I go into this every single episode, how much I love Built Bar. And the reason why is because they make the absolute lowest carbohydrate lowest sugar protein bar of all time but guess what it does not sacrifice in flavor because this is the most delicious protein bar of all time and right now we are excited because the number one seller of 2022 is back and in full force yes i am talking about the brownie batter puff ladies and gentlemen absolutely phenomenal and this is one of my top five favorite flavors right behind the chocolate chip cookie dough puff bar the mud pie bars anything with mint in their bar is amazing cookies and cream bar there are so many delicious flavors at built.com and you can go to built right now and use our code vom show to save 15 percent on any order and i'm going to tell you what these things are hot sellers every time we put the discount code out there the email boxes lighten up and i want to say thank you to you guys for supporting the show and supporting our friends over at built bar because there's not many places out there that will support free speech, and Built Bar is one of them, and they do make a delicious bar. This isn't some bullshit product, man. I eat these things all the time, and they are absolutely phenomenal. Matter of fact, I'm going to have one after the show to keep me going, man. And you know what? Maybe that's why I didn't get COVID so bad is because I got so much fucking protein and power from Built Bars. So you guys can try it out yourself at Built.com. And they wanted me to know that they're going to like this segment today, I think. And, and they're going to like it even better on Wednesday when a nerd that's back after her little uh, excursion from being sick. I think she's just playing hooky, to be honest with you. And I'm going to tell you what, maybe she uh, got sick because there was a little bit of karma in play. Yes, I'm saying there might be some karma in play. 
because as you guys know, she tried to steal my my BFF. And yes, I can say BFF now. We are official now. So we 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 become official BFFs. And uh, now I'm I'm gonna fight even harder to protect it. And my wife, she got she uh, got a little bit of karma though. She tried to steal her away from me, and this is what you get, dear. So now you're laying in bed, sick. Well, I'm doing the show because you tried to steal my BF. That's why. That's what happened here. And I'm gonna stick it. I'm gonna stick to that story. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So let's see. Oh yeah, actually, uh, speaking of BFF, here before we get into the show and some topics here that I wanted to talk about today, we're actually gonna start a workout plan, and I encourage you guys to get in on this because what we're gonna do is we're going to start off slow here. And every year, all the time, like every couple of months, actually, rather, I always say this beautiful treadmill of mine in this house, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to jump on this thing. I'm going to do like 15, 20 minutes to a half hour here at a top speed, incline this motherfucker and act like I'm running up a mountain, get back into some 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 fighting shape here. But it never seems to happen. And the reason why is because last time I tried this thing, I was still drinking the alcohol. So what would happen was I would get on there for about four days in a row, and I'd start getting sore because you're not supposed to push yourself that hard. So my ankles would start hurting, and I would just get a little aggravated, and I'd say, all right, I can't push myself so much, and then I would just take it easy for a day. And I would go to the store, get like a 12-pack of seltzers or whatever the fuck I used to drink back in the day. And I used to drink and then get like a hangover, and the next morning you're like, uh, I'll take another day off. And then you have another 12-pack, and then you're just sitting there, and you're all screwed up. And then before you know it, a couple of days turns into a week, turns into two weeks, turns into a month, turns into a year. And now here I am, a year not drinking alcohol, no excuses. I should have been doing this the whole time. Luckily, my BFF wants to start losing some weight too. Uh, so together we're like, hey, you know what? Let's shed the little bit of weight that we want to lose here. And and, and, and I don't really want to lose many because I don't really have much to lose. The whole keto thing has kept me very uh, twinkish as far as you want to... Compare my body to something, I would say twink. Uh, look that up on your computers. Just make sure it's NSFW, not at work, because that might pull up some weird shit. But like I was saying here, uh, I really do want to get back into shape. And the most important thing as you start to get older is just making sure you got a little bit of cardio. And yeah, as a matter of fact, if you ever look out your window, you see people walking. They're walking their dogs or they're wearing like weird jumpsuits with the fucking reflectors and lights on at nighttime or whatever. They're always old. And you have to ask yourself that. Young people don't walk, really. I don't really see too many walkers, in my area at least. You guys might see it. Your mileage may vary. Don't really see too many joggers. Occasionally, I'll see like a 30-something, 40-something-year-old chick jogging in a neighborhood. But it's mostly old people, like senior citizens are doing it. And you have to wonder why. Because they're trying to keep their bodies in tip-top shape, obviously. That's that's the answer. But why aren't you doing this when you're younger? Why aren't you doing this now? I mean, it's like, why do you wait until you're old? where it hurts to do it and you're just trying to keep up something that's been damaged because you haven't been doing it all along anyway so uh, i'm sitting here thinking to myself like hey i'm 40 years old now's the time if i'm going to do it now's the time i mean if, if you're younger than 50 you should be trying to do something do some kind of activity whether it's getting up running a couple flights of stairs i i, I don't know um doing a few push-ups in the morning a few sit-ups at night doesn't matter um i'm not going to push myself though i'm, I'm not i'm going to take it easy and i'm going to start tomorrow uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get on the treadmill, do about 10 minutes normal. Uh, I'm probably going to do about 30 minutes total, but I'm going to do 10 minutes here, wait a couple hours, do another 10 minutes, and then do another 10 minutes to kind of get my body back into the whole routine of moving again. The whole thing about a sedentary lifestyle is you sit there and you rot, and our body is full of muscle. I mean, it's, it's, it's muscle and fat and all sorts of stuff, but you got to keep those muscles moving. you got to keep them trained. I mean, these muscles are going to go to waste if you don't use them and exercise them 
And what happens to your body when you sit in one spot for too long? It starts to atrophy. And you start to lose some of the things that you used to be able to do. And as you get older, you're going to lose them anyway. So why would you further enhance that by not living an active lifestyle or at least attempting to? I'm not saying you guys are going to go out there and fucking rock climb every fucking day or do like fucking mini marathons, but get up and walk around the block a few times. I mean, take your dog out for a walk, take your spouse out for a walk or whoever the hell you're clapping, go out for a walk or do something. And for me, it was always needing a partner, someone to team up with to do this. Because, uh, unfortunately, my, my wife, she's got this thing where she can't, like, do the treadmill because she gets, like, uh, some sort of vertigo. And we talked about that on the show before. It's not a secret. So she can do that. And, 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 and it, it's tough because it's, like, when you do it by yourself, it, it's, just, it's just tough to stay focused, I guess. And I've done some of the really crazy things before, like uh, quit smoking, I quit cigarettes, uh, quit alcohol, cold turkey, and everything I've done alone. But this one's been pretty tough because you actually have to physically do something. And I've never been one for physical activity after, you know, high school and whatnot. Just that sweet spot in the 20s where I started having kids and getting lazy and whatnot and becoming, like, from a child to a man to a father. It's just, like, a weird transition. And I just became, like, just a guy who just sat around, was a dad, worked, came home, watched TV, played video games, had a few beers and whatnot. There was no time for working out. But now I kicked all the bad habits out of my life. Now I'm ready to start taking that first step. And it seems like everything kind of fell into place at the right time. Because now I have a friend who's doing the same thing. And it kind of just works out together. And we're going to give this a shot and see how long it works. And I'll definitely be updating you guys on the progress. But if any of you guys want to get in on this, man, like seriously, I think now's the time to do it. It's January. And a lot of you guys uh, probably want to start getting in some shape, made some New Year's resolutions. And you might have even done it in the past. You know, you, you might have done that many times and just never had someone to help motivate you but maybe we'll come up with some kind of a group if you guys want to start getting healthy you know we can uh we, we can reach out to each other somehow um hit us up in the email voices misery podcast at gmail.com and we can get something going here maybe come up with a game plan and i can help you guys out a little bit i mean i'm not any kind of physical fitness guru but i do know how to lose weight so uh if you guys want to maybe, maybe do something like that we can come up with something you can hit us up on twitter too at voices of misery and come up with a little workout plan and keep each other motivated you know i think we all need to i think we all need to push each other in life and instead of everyone bringing each other down with their bullshit and everything that's on the news and whatnot i think it's a good thing to have some kind of positivity in your life and there's a lot of groups that are doing stupid shit why don't we do something positive and let's go out there and get healthy together all right sounds like a plan so that little healthy segment was brought to you by our friends at binoid let's get the plugs out the way now people because we got some shit to talk about here that is B-I-N-O-I-D.com. That's Binoid.com, makers of the greatest THC product on the market. I'm flying high right now, man, on my 25-milligram uh, capsules. I'm going to tell you what. These things, hey, maybe I do have the COVID. Maybe I'm really sick right now. I just don't know because I'm too high. And our friends over at Binoid are keeping me nice and healthy this year, man, because I'll tell you what, without them, I wouldn't be here right now. Seriously, I probably wouldn't be here having a conversation with you guys. I probably gotten pissed off and did something stupid. I was unfocused for a long time, and I was really a victim of my own mind, you know? Still got some things to sort through, but anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff just kind of builds up on you. And when you go to a doctor, they kind of try to shove a bunch of shit down your throat, like medications, antidepressants. They don't even care. It's just like one size fits all. They say, here, take this cocktail of six or seven pills, and before you know it, you're going to be a fucking zombie, and no one's going to recognize you. But hey, at least you're out of my hair. I was one of those people. I went to the place around, jeez, about 10, 15 years ago or so. It's been a long fucking time. And uh, 
they tried to give me a cocktail and I took it and I was like, what the hell is all this shit? I'm taking more pills than a 90 year old person. This only lasted less than a month when I started to feel myself slip out of who I was and became something I didn't recognize, like a fucking, just, just a, a, a shell, a vessel. I mean, I didn't even have a soul. I was just like in this body and I didn't know who the fuck I was anymore. I kicked it really quickly because I don't like feeling like that. I like having my faculties about me for the most part. And then I turned to alcohol for a while and that wasn't good. It, it, it just wasn't. I mean, just trying to replace any kind of negative emotions, just trying to erase it. And the thing about alcohol, if I can give an analogy, it's more or less like a stain on the floor that you just can't get out. So what you do, instead of fixing the problem, you throw a, a carpet over it, but that dirt's still there underneath the carpet. You know what I mean? It's still there. You're just covering it up with something else. You're not fixing the problem. So I finally took control of my life, and I found Binoid, this beautiful company out there in California. And man, they have some of the finest TAC products out there. And I reached out to them, and uh, I started taking these capsules. And before you know it, holy shit, my whole life turned around. Immediately. I'm not even lying. I quit alcohol, cold turkey. Cold fucking turkey. Just one day, stopped drinking. I was like, I don't need that anymore. I have this. And my mind has been insanely sharp now. I mean, I've just been happier than me. I've actually started to feel more. Hell, I made a friend. Let's see if I can keep it. But, I mean, there's just a lot of other things that have exponentially gotten better over, over this past year, and I can't wait to see where the future takes me. And thanks to Binoid, I'm going to have a really good future. So, my thing's edibles. If you guys don't like edibles, i got many other ways to get it. You can drink the shit. You can do little dabs, put it underneath your tongue, and get the tincture uh, dropper. You can take the capsules like me. You can get Rice Krispie treats. You can get cakes. You can get edible cookies. You can get whatever the fuck you want. You can get vapes, flour, pre-rolled joints. Anything you want is on this website. Go to buynoid.com. And you can even use our code NERD to save 10% on any order. And please, send in your testimonials, voicesmiserypodcast at gmail.com. I love reading these things. If you guys specify that you would like it read on air, I will do that. But for your privacy, I will not. Because I know talking about some of this stuff is not as easy for you guys as it is for me. But I am here for you. Seriously, I do care. Even though I do come off as a very loud person sometimes when I get angry. I'm also a very caring person. I'm just very passionate. And uh, I'm passionate about helping people. So if I can help you... I would definitely like to. So, binoy.com, code nerd. All right, let's do it. And I'm not going to forget about you out there, because I know a lot of you guys out there right now were like, hey, is he going to forget about us today? I know his wife normally keeps him in line. That's her role on the show. And no, the answer is no. I know today's your birthday. I've been thinking about it all weekend long, and I had to get you the perfect gift. Of course, I couldn't figure it out for myself, so I had to get our pal from Florida to help us out in finding you the perfect gift for your birthday today, January 9th. This Florida man says the three syringes found in his rectum were not his. (laughs) And, of course, it's our favorite place in Florida, Clearwater, where this Florida man attempted a bold strategy after deputies discovered syringes in his rectum as he was being booked into the Pinellas County Jail. I mean, at some point, you have to look at Pinellas County and just say, what the fuck is going on there? I think one of these days, that might be my next rabbit hole, is just going through Pinellas County and just looking at the education rates, the incarceration rates, the drug rates, whatever the hell is going on there, I need to know. I don't know if this is like a generational thing where a bunch of families have just lived there forever and passed their stupidity down the family tree, because it's like it, it never ends there. They never get better. They're always doing dumb shit. But anyway, he told the deputies that they weren't his. His name was Wesley Dasher Scott. Of course, he's got three fucking names. He was arrested on Friday on an outstanding warrant stemming from a previous drug arrest in September. 
when deputies brought Scott to jail, they conducted a strip search on the man. An arrest report says Scott removed three syringes from his rectum. So he's done this before, boys. And handed them to a deputy claiming that they were not his. When deputies initially arrested Scott, they warned the Clearwater man he could face additional charges if they discovered any contraband or drug paraphernalia on him after bringing him to jail. Scott acknowledged the officer, saying he knew what would happen. This isn't Scott's first run-in with police. The 40-year-old's arrest history includes multiple drug and battery charges. In addition to the previous warrant, Scott was also charged with introducing contraband to a county detention facility. He's currently being held in jail in lieu of a $5,000 bail. When I think of syringes, I think about the really sharp point at the end of them. I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, like, what happens if he farts? Or, or like, I mean, like, he must be doing that weird walk thing when, like, you have to take a poop. And you got your butt cheeks clenched together and you're walking almost like Dr. Roboto and shit. Like, you're made out of fucking mechanical parts. He had them doing that the whole time. And he, he had to sit down. I mean, knowing you got these syringes... Oh my god, it's just disgusting, but what else could you expect from Florida, man? I don't want to paint too much of a picture, because I know you guys out there are about to eat your birthday cake, and I don't want to ruin that delicious slice of pie, which I hope is sugar-free cake, by the way. So, happy birthday to you from the Voices of Misery and Florida, man. Now let's get into some topics here. Now I got about five topics here that I picked off. Just things that I was going to do originally, uh, before my wife got sick, and um, god damn that bitch, you know, she's always doing things to screw me. She's going to have gotten sick tomorrow. She could have gotten sick on Saturday and been over by. She had to do. She's always trying to screw me over people. I'm telling you. But no, seriously, I, I do have a couple topics here. Some interesting things I wanted to talk about. And the first one here, let's just get this one out of the way. So, oh my fucking Lord. I don't even know how to introduce this one because it seems like they're always trying to find a way to cause any kind of division. And they've used everything already. I mean, they've tried literally everything now. At least I thought. Now they're really fishing because, according to the Unheard, which is a website on the internet, apparently written by a bunch of fucking clueless idiots with their hearts on their sleeves, this chick named Kat Rosenfeld, she's the uh, writer of this article, she asked the question, is it racist to like big butts? So, myself and Sir Mix-a-Lot must be the fucking grand wizards of the KKK because everyone knows there ain't nothing more I like in this world than a giant derriere and a woman. And apparently it's racist not to like big butts on women. And here's the article. I'm not going to read the whole thing because there's a lot of dumb shit besides the topic here that the woman says. But let's give it to our friend Kat here. She says, the woman butt has long been the object of all manner of obsessions. We worry over it, its size, its shape, whether or not it has cellulite on it. How it looks in a pair of jeans. But now a new source of concern emerges. The alarming possibility that one's butt, or at least one's relationship to butts generally, is racist. For this we may think the existence of butts, a backstory, a new book by some cunt named Heather Radke. To be fair, it surely is not her intention to inculcate, that's a fucking hell of a word, racial anxiety in her reader. But it feels like a passion project, deeply researched and a lot of bullshit, offering a deep dive into the history and culture of the human rear end from the Venus uh, Calippi or whatever the fuck, what the fuck, to Buns of Steel to Mr. Mix-a-Lot's seminal rap celebrating all things gluteal. This woman is saying a lot of fucking weird words to just basically say she's a fucking idiot. But let's skip to why they say it's, it's a uh, racist thing. So they're trying to say it's cultural appropriation. And 
I don't know how you can call this racially appropriating without leaning into stereotypes, which itself is racist. Because you have to acknowledge the stereotype in question when you're asking other people to feel offended that they like big butts. So, this is where she throws me off here. This is a paragraph that I like to highlight. Perhaps needless to say, a wealth of cultural artifacts from the aforementioned Venus sculpture to the works of Peter Paul Rubens to certain show tunes of the 70s belie the notion that white guys were oblivious to the existence of butts until black men made it cool to notice them. But the cultural legacy of the butt is undeniably entangled with the legacy of racism and eugenics, including a sordid and repellent history wherein certain anthropologists of the white male variety both fetishized the physiques of black women with ample backsides and conflated their peculiarities with savagery and promiscuity. So, basically what she's saying there, and I'm not going to read any more of this fucking article, because that is the paragraph that basically highlights her argument as to why liking a big butt is racist. And I, I, I just... I just find this to be the dumbest fucking thing I've ever read in my entire fucking life. And there's a lot of dumb shit coming out in the media lately. But this is just one of the weakest straw man arguments I've ever seen in my life. And she's basically trying to say that since black men always seem to have, have, have taken an affinity towards a larger rump. And white men supposedly didn't. She's trying to say that white men are appropriating black culture because black men like big butts first, according to her logic. But that's, I mean, that's anecdotal. I mean, you're basically trying to say that one person doesn't like it. It's, it's just, it's a mind-blowingly stupid of an argument. And I don't think this person thought anyone was even going to try to think about it because it's, it's hurting my head to think about this shit right now. It's not the lingering COVID or whatever the fuck's going on in this house. That's causing me to have a brain fart here. It's the fact that this argument has no fucking merit in the first place. But yet this article was written and people have retweeted this thing over 7,000 times with a lot of people actually out there agreeing like, hey, this is appropriation. But then again, they're, they're basically basing our behavior nowadays off of people in the past behavior, which is something that they have to start letting go. We'll get that, you know, back to that in a minute. But the thing is, is your taste can change. And who the fuck is she to sit there and say all white men didn't like women with big butts and all black men? I mean, I've I, I've seen white men with with white girls with big asses. I've seen black men with white girls with small asses. I, I I've seen all sorts of different shit. So for her to sit there and make this argument, it's almost like who the fuck are you and where did you get this shit from? And why is anyone listening to it? It just doesn't make any sense. But people that follow this kind of behavior or these kind of assumptions online or anyone who just throws out these generalizations are a fucking idiot. And it's just, it's laughable because when you think about men in general or when you think about the overall theme of like what attracts a man to a woman, you can ask 100 men on the street and and you'll get a pretty consistent answer. I mean, most men want a pretty, I mean, and a lot of the guys that I've ever talked to in life or known, never really cared as much about the face. It's always been about the body. It's always been, and this is men of different backgrounds, different racial backgrounds and whatnot. It's like, so what's your favorite part of a woman? It's always the ass, always the ass. Or some guys are boob guys, some guys are ass guys, some guys just like hips, some guys like feet, some guys like whatever. People vary. I don't. I, I just. I just don't understand the generalizations and I try to put everyone in the bucket. But that's the game that they play. They want you all basically quarantined, and if you and this is how you are. Like they're trying to assign you 
based off the color of your skin, a, a, a behavior that you're supposed to uphold to. And if you stray from that behavior, you have to apologize for it because you're taking from someone else's behavior. They want black people here, white people here, Indians here, Chinese here, Hispanics here. And they want us all separated and they don't want us to borrow from each other. And if you see someone borrowing from it, they want you to be outraged at that, not that person, but the entire race of those people because they want hate. They want us to hate each other. This is the worst argument I've ever seen in my life. But just back to the whole argument, men always wanted a healthy woman. And this is going back centuries here. I mean, anytime you see a picture of a woman from the past, they're always rather ample and in the waist area, you know, like they've got hips, childbearing hips. That's something that men find attractive. And supposedly it's been proven. It's like an innate thing that we, that we look for in a woman. We always like when we were choosing a partner, we always want the one that looks like they're going to be the best provider in some way. I mean, you, you get your superficial ways of looking at things too. Whereas guys are this one, like the skinny, tall, blonde hair, blue eyed chick that they just want to fuck a few times. But when you settle down, you settle down with a woman who looks like a woman, someone who looks like they can bear your children and be a provider or whatnot. You want someone healthy. That's just, that's just a man thing. It's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's a fucking guy thing. And the fact that they're trying to just put people in boxes and separate us even more is just ridiculous. And these arguments, people are buying into them. Oh yeah, it is racist. It is racist. And then you're going to have even more division. It's just complete bullshit. And this woman, what the fuck is her name, Kat Rosenfield, is an absolute fucking cunt. And this website, The Unheard, is another bullshit website where they perpetrate this crap. And it makes you wonder when you take a step back and you look at the whole grand scheme of things. And you're like, why is there so much hatred? Why is there so much division? Why is the media perpetrating it? I don't remember them ever doing this before in the past. And it's because they have an end game. They have an end game and I think they have a set date that they want this all accomplished by. And I think when Donald Trump got elected, they put everything on fast forward. They just they were like, Oh, we need to implement this now. he's waking people up. He's he he's rallying the idiots that we didn't have to worry about before. Now we do. We gotta ramp this up. We have to demonize them. We gotta turn people against them. We have to we have to separate people because they're easier to control when they're separated. Hey how can we get white people to hate black people more now? How about we say they're appropriating them and then we're going to start anger between them in fighting. How about we throw this little thing over here to the Mexicans? Oh yeah, you guys can't come in our country. You're fucking all illegal immigrants. Yes, now we got them fighting. Oh, let's make these guys a part of it too, the Asians. Hey, how about all the Asians getting beat with baseball bats in New York and thrown in fucking fun of subways by black people? And and you see what they do. And And these words aren't coming from me. These are things that you've seen yourself in the media. I'm just highlighting them right now on the podcast. You have to wonder why they're doing it. We need to just not buy into it anymore. Like I see this article, I, I see an article like this and I, and I mock it. These people need to be openly mocked. You see an article like this, you retweet it. If you're not on Twitter and you're on Facebook, you share it or whatever the fuck they do on Facebook. And, and you add a comment to this. This is stupid bullshit. Look at this crap here. You make a joke of these people. Absolute bullshit, man. Uh, and speaking of media, too, I just want to throw this out there real quick to get off of this topic because there's more things to talk about. We we did the uh, Twitter Blue uh, trial. We got a, a code for a, a free month of Twitter Blue. I had to pull some strings for that one. But we got a, a free month trial. And after that, it's like $8 a month where you get the blue check mark and you get all this other stuff and whatever. The blue check mark never fucking meant the damn thing to me. It really didn't. But the one thing I do like about the idea of it and the implementation of it, which is what I like Elon Musk doing here, is he's taking the company private. So instead of having it paid for by you know corporations and governments that don't have your best interests at heart, 
if I feel like if you see something out there that is trying to do the right thing, I feel like you should support it. Um, give it your hard-earned money. And if they go the way of the old Twitter, you have the option to take your money back and tell them to go fuck themselves. Before, you were just sitting there joining a free website. So whatever they do, they do. And you don't have a reason to bitch. You don't have a right to bitch about it. But now it's almost like you're an investor in free speech. And that's how I see it. And that's how I feel about it. You can take the blue fucking check mark. I don't give a fuck about a blue check mark. I don't give a fuck. Because I can verify myself right now. Our handles that voices of misery. There ain't no other ones out there. That's me verifying myself. I don't give a shit about the blue check mark. It's all about having a... A, a, a vote basically that hey Elon if you start going if you start doing dumb shit I'm, I'm not going to take my eight bucks back and I hope others do you talk with your money if you're invested in something personally invested in something and I am highly invested in free speech I'm invested in this country I want everything to work out I want everyone to get along I want everyone to love each other I am going to put a few bucks here and if they made it ten bucks I'd, I'd, I'd give it ten bucks but the second they start fucking doing the old dumb shit or start disallowing free speech or shadow banning people again or you know what I mean they can go fuck themselves people are going to flock to the free thing but those are the people you don't want to talk to anyway so if you start seeing people leaving Twitter because they don't want to pay a few bucks or whatever then let them go to whatever the fuck they're going to create because you know the government's got another one they're, they're plotting something right now they always do they can go to that one and have their little fucking echo chamber of left the shills all day long they can complain about us the whole time fuck those people they don't need to be associated with until they ha have an awakening. I mean, I know I just literally said we need to get along and love each other, but I feel like the people on the left just can't be reasoned with anymore. If they can go through the past couple of years and still see, you know, people dying in the streets on TV, you got guys having heart attacks on Monday night football games and they refuse to blame the vaccine or even question the vaccine. You don't even have to blame the vaccine because for all I know, it could have been an honest to goodness once in a lifetime opportunity hit that fuck this guy up you know i mean thankfully he's doing okay by the way it seems like he's uh he's gonna pull through so thank god for that but the thing is it's like you've got a lot of these other incidents happening that are just too many to ignore but people are still ignoring it those are the ones i don't want to associate with because there's there's no getting through to them they are completely owned by the media and they will never fucking turn away until something bad happens to them that's how you have people oh it's not happening to me so i don't believe in it Motherfucker, it's going to happen to you eventually. You know, we have to stop it now, but whatever. That's just the whole argument for another day. Let's get to this one here. Um, so everyone knows that I love my spouse, and I love all of you too. But this man, I think, might take it to the next level here, because this man in India, he spent a lot of money, $3,000 in six months of his other currency, which is what I threw back to earlier, time to create silicone replicas of his late wife. Now, this is pretty crazy here. This guy's name is uh, Tapa Sandalaya. He's a 65-year-old retired government employee. He spent 250,000 rupees, which is only $3,000 U.S. money, on a silicone statue resembling his late wife Indrani, who passed away in May 2021 during India's second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. She was in isolation at the time, and uh, he was away from her, not at her side when she passed away, which made him very upset. Upon seeing the statue that he, he made, because he was like, you know what, the second she dies, like, I can't live without her. He's like, I wasn't there at her side. I don't ever want her leaving my side again. This is translated from Hindi. Uh, they were like, all right, we can do this. And he was like, oh, shit, for real. Here's some money. And they told him six months time frame. And they told him to come back after six months. And upon seeing the statue, 
he communicated uh, the desire to uh, make another one. So he made a couple of these things. He's got one in each room in his house of his fucking wife, which I find very eerie. But he worked with a sculptor named uh, Subinal Das, who creates museum replicas. He says in his words that he had to work with this guy and consult him and give him a bunch of, like, albums and whatnot, picture albums, so he can create her look perfectly down, down to, like, the markings in her head. I had to work with him for the clay molding phase, as nothing less than her actual face expression would do it for me. I, after all, lived with her for 39 years. If we can keep framed photographs at home after someone's death, why not their statue? So the family did not approve of the statue at first, but eventually gave in. Everything had to be a perfect fit, he said. I just wanted to fulfill her last wish of never leaving my side. Pretty fucking sweet, don't you think? A silicone replica statue. Now, the, the pictures here are really eerie because, like, if you were to not read the title of the topic, and I just sent you a picture of this, you'd be like, oh, it's just a man and his wife together. They did a really good job. The fact is, is, like, he's got her in a couple different outfits in each room of the house. I mean, I, I, I just... I think it's a little weird. I think it's a little much. I mean, when someone dies, I feel like uh, the best way to remember them is in is in your, your mind. And I know some people have a hard time dealing with loss and grief in general. And some people, what they'll do is they'll uh, like stuff their animals or they'll get like the dog's fur turned into a fucking rug or whatever. And I've seen that pictures of that online too, where people will, will do that. They'll turn into like a carpet or some shit. I'm just not a fan of it. I just think there's something really uh, morbid about it almost. And I understand that, like, you love your spouse, obviously, and you don't ever want to be without her. It's just, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, there, there, there's a point in your life where when you're grieving, you you have to let go. You have to, because there's no guarantees in life. And one thing I like to talk about here on the show is how I found God last year, and that was one of the best experiences of my life, you know, finally having some uh, clarity. And I do believe in God. I'm not entirely convinced there's an afterlife. I would like there to be one, obviously. I would like to go to heaven and you go up to the pearly gates, he opens it up and he's like, all right, you know, you fucked up quite a bit, but nerd, you're not so bad. Come on in here. Okay, get your ass on in here. And then I go in there and Rachel Ray is, is, is there hanging out. And, and of course, my family's behind her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I go in there and everyone's there. But I, 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 I just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really tough to believe in. And I'm trying to educate myself a little bit more and luckily my uh bff sent me some videos i still haven't watched them yet because there, there's been a lot going on around the house yet but there's a, a lot of good videos about uh the afterlife and how the bible interprets there to be one so i'm, I'm going to educate myself a little bit more and hopefully i can change my mind and feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that there is one waiting for us after all but i i just don't know how that would work logistically i mean you got to think of it this way if i die right now and i go to heaven and my wife has another like 30 years and she remarries and falls in love and maybe, you know, lives another 30 years with someone else. And I'm waiting and waiting for her to, you know, come up here. But then her husband dies first. I mean, they were standing next to each other like, oh, she's coming for me. No, she's coming for me, asshole. I was there first. And then she dies and comes back up here. Whoever she chooses, one person's going to have heaven. The other person's going to have hell. So it's like, I, you know, it's, it's just a really weird scenario. That's how I, I can't logistically understand how heaven's going to work. That's how my brain works. I always think of like, what ifs? And I try to figure out things. And I know it's a horrible way to be, but I can't think any other way. I'm always trying to figure out shit. 
and it's probably a stupid thing to think out loud, but it, it does make sense to me. Like, so what happens if like I go to heaven and my wife is just turns out to be a fucking horrible person after, after I die, she snaps, right? She starts killing people and shit. And then she goes to heaven, but they're like, no, nah, you killed people. You, you're going to hell. That would be my hell, not having her in heaven with me. So what happens at that point? You know, like there's a lot of weird rules that I, I guess just don't make sense to me. I think the fair thing would be to just have everyone die and just have peace. Like, hey, you, you had those memories and you had those moments, you die and that's it. Time for more people to come and have those experiences and then they die and then that's it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with that whole thing. I just feel like... Uh, maybe this is a spiritual side of me thinking here, this newly found spiritual side over the past year, that it, that if you reincarnate someone as a silicone statue, a series of them around your house, I feel like maybe that's a way of just like not letting their spirit rest almost like let them fucking go. And you can always remember them fondly in, in, in your mind, but far be it for me to tell someone how to grieve you go boy, you have fun. Hopefully he doesn't clap the fucking things. Cause that would be even weirder. But yeah, you know, I had to throw something weird out there. I can't let you guys go without that. So let's see what else we got here. I got a couple other things here I want to talk to you guys about. How about this fucking guy in Philadelphia? This cop, he's being sued because he keeps taking his pants off in the office around other police officers. There's a big lawsuit going on in Philadelphia right now. This Philadelphia police officer is being sued for sexual discrimination and creating a hostile work environment for allegedly taking off his pants repeatedly in front of other officers. His name is Jose Dones, and the city of Philadelphia are named as defendants in a lawsuit filed by attorneys for Officer Kelly Neal. Both officers work for the 26th District of the Philadelphia Police Department. The suit was filed last June and was first reported by the Philadelphia Inquirer. According to the complaint, Neal claimed that Dones, a police officer for over 30 years, removed his pants directly behind and beside Neal on several occasions and stood in the open office of the 26th District in his boxer shorts instead of using the locker room or bathroom to do so. So this behavior occurred multiple times in front of Neil and other women officers, some of who complained to their superiors. The lawsuit includes screenshots from multiple videos discreetly taken by Neil that showed him removing his pants and exposing himself in his underwear directly behind her. So this, all right, let me just pause there for a second. Um, this is creepy behavior, and I can tell you exactly why this guy's fucking doing this shit. It's because he feels like he can do it, because he's a police officer. There's a really terrible thing that's happening where people with authority feel like nothing bad can happen to them because nothing's ever happened to them before because they've been in that authority. There's something going on in this country, in this world rather, where people are just showing their true colors and people with power are really taking it to an authoritative level where they forget that you're a human and they're a human. They see you as a peon and themselves as a god where they can do whatever the fuck they want. You can look at it at the highest level of government where they will tell you to inject yourselves with something where they don't have to. You stay home. I don't have to. Uh, you eat shit. You eat bugs. I'll eat steak. It's it's just a really screwed up situation where we're forgetting to look out for each other as human beings. We're looking at each other as fucking objects in the way of us getting what we really want, which is things that don't matter, such as power, wealth, fame, accolades. Anything to fill, to fill our greedy fucking pockets because we're a greedy species and our greed is what's ultimately destroying us. This guy was a police officer, which means he has authority to put you in jail, to lock you up, to ruin your fucking life. He's got people under him that are also officers, so therefore he feels a double layer of power because he is a, well, I mean, he's a man and 
you know, the stereotypical thing is men are stronger than women, we're better than this. I mean, like, when you look at, and this isn't me talking, because you guys know I'm, I'm a huge fan of women. I love women. I'm huge with the woman empowerment thing, so I have to preface it that way. And I hate men nowadays. I think men are pretty weak. And then you get these guys here that are obviously the weakest of the bunch that have to use their power over women in a professional atmosphere to get what they want and feel like they're invincible, as if the woman's not going to have any say in it or have any kind of rights in the situation. So he's abusing these women, and it's a fucking creepy thing to do. And here's the video here. At approximately eight seconds into the video, defendant Dones fingers the crack in his buttocks to remove his wedged underwear therefrom. So he, pull, he pulled the fucking wedgie. At 18 seconds into the video, defendant Jones thereupon pulls another pair of underwear over his underwear, lifts his shirt above his waist to expose his back and stomach, and adjusts and buttons his pants. And later on, uh, there were screenshots and other annotations of the video where he was answering a phone call while pulling in his pants over his underwear as well as another. So he's basically changing his fucking clothes in front of these people. And it, it, it's not good. It, it's really not good, man. And they're saying that he didn't act with any malicious intent. And he's denying all charges, even though they got his dumb ass on video. And apparently he may be getting off because this video was taken without his consent at a workplace. So he was recorded at the workplace without his consent. So they're trying to say that is the legal loophole for him to get out of this. Either way, he has um, not yet, at least as of this recording, stepped down from his position at work. And he's basically being suspended with pay until this whole thing plays out. And it doesn't look good for the women in this case. I don't think they're going to get their justice only because at the end of the article, they did throw that little tidbit in there where he was recorded without his permission at a place of work where... I mean, you, you can't do that. You can't just record people without their knowledge and then use that against them later. It's just, I mean, it's you, you, you can in certain situations. Like if, like if you happen to just be filming your kid playing with a kite at the park and you fucking happen to catch someone getting shot in the background and they run off in their car, you can use that footage and it's okay. If someone's committing an act of crime against you, you can do it. But in this case, if they're trying to say that he was just changing his clothes and he didn't have any malicious intent behind it, he does have a little bit of power. I'm sure he's got some connections, can pull some strings. He probably even knows the judge in his little small town there. There's a there's a very high likelihood that we won't see the justice that this guy really needs in this case. I mean, he, he needs to be locked up. He needs to be thrown in jail. And uh, these, these, these girls don't need to be treated like that. I mean, you go to work to protect and serve in this situation. And uh, even if you weren't a cop, I mean, if you go to work and you're just fucking filing paperwork all day for some asshole lawyer... And he's doing this to you. You don't deserve it. I mean, you go to work there on a paycheck. You don't go to work to deal with this bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just really fucked up. And I guess maybe that's a good reason a lot of these jobs are going remote now. So you don't have to fucking see these people anymore. But the guy's a fucking creep, man. And this really goes to show how nasty people are out there, you know? And there's so much. And I just wonder why people are fucking stupid about this kind of thing. Because you know there's there's cameras everywhere. People have phones on them all the time. I mean, there's a high likelihood that you're being recorded. I just don't know. Maybe it's it's arrogance. It's got it. Yeah, that's got to be it. It's got to be arrogance. You just you're just so arrogant. My shit don't stink. Nothing will ever happen to me. And now this guy's sitting there with this fucking mugshot, like looking like an asshole. Like, oh, how could this happen to me? Because you don't fucking think. People don't think before they act. They just think they're the shit. We have this overinflated sense of self-importance now, going around where we are the most important thing in the world. We think we're the most important thing because we forgot that there's something even greater out there. And I think that's the problem. I think we need to get back to just, you know, worshiping something other than ourselves and giving ourselves to something else. You know what I mean? I, I really do think that that is important. And I think that would help out with this.
Here's another one here for you. This guy's going for dad of the year. So this Georgia dad was arrested after threatening Longhorn patrons with a rifle when his son couldn't leave work on New Year's Eve. This motherfucker just wanted a party, man, and I can kind of relate here a little bit. <laughs> Not yet. My kids aren't working yet. I mean, probably about a year or two, I think my older one will be ready down here. I think it's 15 years old. You can start working in the South. But the thing is, is, um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> when you go to someone's job, and they tell you, hey, pick me up at 10 o'clock. And you go there, you're waiting. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm not done yet. You're sitting there checking your watch. It's 10.05. You text them, hey, where the fuck are you? No, I'm still here. The boss won't let me leave. That's pretty much what happened in this situation. And this guy just wasn't having it. I'm going to take a little quick second here. I'm going to take a sip of this stuff called Zevia, man. And these guys are not a paid sponsor of the show. But I'm going to tell you what. If you guys want to start working out with me, you got to switch up your taste buds here a little bit. I know a lot of you guys out there like soda, man. Switch over to this stuff. It's really good. All natural. Zero calories, zero sugar, Zevia. Absolutely amazing. I'm going to have a little quick sip here. Mm. <sighs> Absolutely amazing. Okay, so let's get to it. A Georgia man was arrested at a Longhorn Steakhouse after deputies said he threatened restaurant patrons with a rifle on New Year's Eve. According to the Richmond County Sheriff's Office, Darnell Evans came to the Augusta restaurant to pick up his son, who was an employee there, but got mad when the son wasn't allowed to leave. So Deputy said Evans told everyone in the restaurant to leave and then went out to his truck and got a rifle. An employee told deputies that Evans said he got two minutes with his hand on the trigger of the gun. Now that's some like old western type shit. So of course you guys know I'm kind of feeling the attitude here. Just, you know, as it's gun on the fucking trigger, like you got two minutes. <laughs> Pretty funny, but uh, definitely scary and not cool. So a mother who was eating at the restaurant uh, with her five-year-old son said she thought she'd be shot. People in a restaurant got up and left. Okay, so this was in front of everybody. This this wasn't like a like a hey, can I go talk to your boss for a second in the office? And then yeah, all right. So we did this in front of everybody. An employee provided photos and videos of Evans in the restaurant, which showed him wearing all black tactical gear with a handgun on his right and a rifle slung around his neck. Holy! So this guy came pretty much planning for this shit. I mean, who the hell carries a black tactical gear vest with a rifle and a handgun? I mean, this guy was bloated. I mean, all you're doing is picking up your son. It makes me wonder what kind of shit this guy's up to in his personal life, where he just leaves his house as if he's ready to go to fucking Af or, uh, the fucking Ukraine and start fucking fighting the Russians and shit. It's pretty serious stuff. It makes you wonder what kind of life he lives. Is he a drug dealer? What the hell is going on here, man? His mugshot, he does look pretty rough in his mugshot, I'll tell you that. He was also uh, pretty strung up on some alcohol, apparently, and he was arrested and charged with six counts of making terroristic threats. Six counts of possession of a firearm are knife during a crime and one count of cruelty to children in the third degree. Man, they hit him with the fucking works, and this guy deserves it. I mean, I, I, I've been in these situations as, I'm sorry, as an employee, rather, where you have a boss who's just like, hey, man, we're getting, because I, I used to work at a fucking cell phone store, and these customers would outnumber us like three to one. And there'd be like three of us working at any given time, four if we were lucky. And there'd be like 12 people. You can only help one at a time. So each person has one person. Your manager ain't doing shit, obviously, but hiding in the back office. You got potentially eight people in a queue waiting to be helped. And these transactions could just be a quick bill payment. It could be a quick question. Or it could be a couple hours worth of bullshit that you have to deal with. And you're, you're tethered to that person until you're done. And then the second you say goodbye, you can't even say, hey, I'm going home for the day. Another person fucking latches onto you. 
So when it's time to go, you want to get the fuck out. You do your eight hours. You're not entitled to do any more. You're not supposed to do any more. By law, you have to leave unless you willingly want to do overtime if it's offered to you. So I understand the whole thing. You punch your clock. I'm going the fuck home. But you have an option there. You either tell your boss, I'm going home. I'm leaving. You call, you know, you just fucking leave. This is Longhorn Steakhouse. This isn't like some uh, mom and pop store where they can fire you and you have no recourse. This is a big business. I don't think the people at that top are going to want their employees being abused. And, and at least they, at least they can't do that. Uh, you know, publicly they can't say, oh yeah, we don't care. You fucking stay until the job's done. This is a kid. You fucking let him go. He did his little couple of hours, whatever. As long as he did his job, you let the fucking person go. And that's something that a lot of these companies don't understand is, you know, your employees aren't your slaves. They don't care about the company like you do, or you're supposed to. They just want to get a paycheck, do the minimal required to get that paycheck and go the fuck home you can't expect everyone to have your passion so you can't make people stay otherwise they're gonna leave or get angry or hate your guts i mean that was never the boss that i was when i had people under me i would say all right it's your time i would kick people out unless they wanted to stay and say hey i want to stay can i get a couple extra hours i got to pay this yeah sure say but no i would kick people no why why are you hanging out talking get the fuck out you did you punch, you punch out yet get the fuck out you know so i understand the frustration here but 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 you can't go around like fucking Doc Holliday blowing people's fucking heads off and shit, you know, the Western reference for you people. You, you, you can't go out there doing that. I mean, you, you just basically go in there and say, no, my kid's fucking leaving. And you fucking go in there, you take, hey, you, come on, let's go. Your, your, your time's up. Fuck this boss. And it, it, the, the thing is, it's like, it, it wasn't even noted here if the kid even wanted to go home or if the kid was ready to go home. It's just really crazy shit. But, uh, yeah, this fucking guy... I thought I was the most pissed off person in the world, to be honest with you. But I would never pull some shit like this. I, I, I just, I guess some people have shorter triggers than me, man. You know, fuck around and find out, I guess. But speaking of that, there was a really good video out there. Uh, my pal Jose uh, showed me this video. I, I, I believe it was Jose, Mr. JVD out there on the old Twitter sphere. Thank you for listening, sir. But yeah, he sent me a video. There was these guys who were hanging out in the restaurant. And I can't remember all, all the details, but I'm, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. This video went viral where these guys were just hanging out, and some dude came in there to rob the place. And the whole time, my eyes were locked on these two guys. They were cool as fucking cucumbers, man. They were sitting there at their place eating. The guy comes in there with his mask, and he's got the gun waving, and he goes up to the counter, of course. And these two guys are just kind of looking at each other like they know how to handle the situation already. And then you see the guy who's got his back to the camera that's positioned up above that you're looking at. It's like a CCTV camera. And the guy's, like, putting his hand down. All of a sudden, he fucking pulls out a gun and fucking stops this fucking intruder. Stops him before he can stop anybody else or kill anybody else or rob or hurt anybody else. And when I saw that video, man, I shit you not, I was pretty high. So I, my eyes were watering up. I was so fucking proud of this guy. And I love seeing stuff like I love seeing instant karma. I love seeing justice get served. And it's, it, it's nice to see guns in a positive light where it's like, hey, guns, guns aren't bad. Guns are guns. It's a fucking piece of worthless metal without a bullet in there. It's it's completely useless. It's a tool. It's a tool used for protection. That's exactly the definition of a gun. That's what it's a tool for protection or hunting. It it it's a utility. That's exactly what a gun is. It's not a murder weapon. People are murder weapons. I can fucking kill someone with a fucking Ticonderoga pencil if I wanted to. I'm sure you could too. I mean, get. Look around your room right now. Whatever the hell's in there, there's probably 20 things in that room that can kill a human being right now. Anything could be a fucking good. Some things are better at doing it than others, obviously. So 
Oh, so what the fuck are we going to do? We're going to take people's forks away, their butter knives? What, are, people just can't have anything anymore? I mean, ideally, that's what the government wants. But you realistically can't take shit away. So you, you have to understand this is what it's for. And videos like this highlight what guns are for. If these guys, these fucking heroes eating their, their lunch weren't there that day, that guy would have robbed that store. Who knows if that if that place would have gone out of business because that could have been their fucking rent money. Uh, it, this could have had a huge trickle-down effect. They could have had to close the business so people could have had jobs. Their families would have been affected by this. You know, it, it, What if that robber was scared and his hands were shaking on the trigger and he blew the fucking persons away behind the counter? And then that started an even bigger life. And then he got even more scared. The cops are after me now. Now, now I got to do something. He's, he ends up with a shootout of the cops in the street. You, know, you, you just don't know. You can only speculate. If someone has a gun and they're stupid enough to rob a fucking place in broad daylight with a dumb mask on, they're capable of doing anything. You can't put it past them to do anything at that point because they've already given up any kind of human decency. So all bets are off at this point. These guys should be thanked. And thankfully, they were thanked. I did a little follow-up on this one. And these guys were not put in any kind of trouble. They're actually being hailed as heroes for what they did. And it just goes to show that guns are good. And if thank God those guys had a gun. That's all I got to say. Because it could have been a lot worse. All right, here. So let's go to the next one. So here's my last story of the day. Family Dollar employee is disciplined for calling in sick too much this is the flip side i always like to give you guys a yin and a yang I, I never push one narrative on this show i try to get a good story and a bad story but sometimes they're back to back who knows she pulled a gun on her boss <laughs> oh fucking a. i'm giving guns credit and then all of a sudden it's fucking a. but then again it's it's not the gun it's it's the person so that's also why i want to illustrate this so a Family Dollar employee disciplined for calling in sick too many times was arrested Thursday after she pulled a gun on her boss. According to her arrest affidavit, Dinesha Holliday, 24, was charged with aggravated assault and reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon. Officers responded at about 3.45 p.m. on December 27th to the Family Dollar on Summer Avenue after the store manager said an employee, later identified as Holliday, pulled a gun on her. Earlier in the day, uh, court records show the employee texted her boss to say she was too sick to come in. The manager responded by taking her off the work schedule for excessively calling in sick. Their conversation escalated when uh, Holiday finally threatened to pull up at the store. Oh, pull up, oh, um, pull up, pull up, okay. Later in the day, Holiday showed up at the store and pulled a gun on her boss and waved it around while there were customers and other employees inside, court records show. According to court documents, Holiday put the gun back in her pocket before throwing a stapler at the store manager. As she was being escorted out by another employee, Holiday threatened to shoot up the manager's vehicle. Holiday was arrested Thursday and told police that she went to the store because another manager told her to do so, adding that she had a gun to be prepared. Holiday also told police that she took out her gun to adjust her holster. <laughs> uh, she was jailed in a $10,000 bond record show. So hopefully her severance can cover that ten thousand dollars. I I just have no idea why these fucking people do the stupid shit that they do, man. I mean, you obviously don't want that fucking job, and we all have dealt with people like this before. I've dealt with them on every single job I've had. There's always at least five of them, where people just don't want to come to work. They're always looking to switch schedules. They're always looking, look, hey man, can I get this day off? Oh, I got this thing coming up. I mean, their fucking mom died five times. They've used up all the bereavement you can think of. Like, how many fucking moms are you, do you have, asshole? You know, there's always something. And eventually, jobs can only let you have so much time off because it's, I mean, 
you don't sign a contract to go to work. I mean, it's basically a thing where you show up, you get hired, and these are the expectations. These are the rules. If you do this, you're, you're, you're staying, you're safe. But if you don't do it, you're out. Part of the job is showing up. That's probably 99% of the job is showing the fuck up to it. The other percentage is just doing it. This woman failed. The most important part of the job is just showing up. And if you don't have valid reasons, which I highly doubt this woman had valid reasons to fucking not come to work, um, you lose your job. And I don't think it's the job itself that she didn't really care about. It's the fact that someone actually had the audacity to call her out her bullshit. And she went there and she was upset and did not handle it because a lot of people these days can't handle rejection, can't handle someone saying no, can't handle being held accountable. When you have a society of people that are being let loose in the streets, being allowed to do whatever the fuck they want, being affirmed constantly, being told whatever they do is fine, you're okay, you're protected, this is what happens. You get issues like this and situations like this. I mean, this person's probably never been fired before. They've probably been never you know, told no before, never put in detention in school before because that's the wrong thing to do. We're creating a society of coddled people who just don't know how to handle rejection. And the second it happens, they freak out. And that's what happens when you see these dickheads online, when a guy wins a presidency that they don't like in 2020 uh, and, or 2016 and 2020. But 2016, rather, you know, more so when, when, when Trump was in there, you see people that lose their fucking minds. They were out there, like, fucking riding and shit. And they just never got over it to the States cause, because their guy didn't win, because I got fired, because I didn't do this, because I didn't do that. The one thing they're taking out of the equation, it's I, I, I'm the problem. I didn't show up to work. I'm the reason why I'm not working. I'm the reason why I got fired. Instead of, you know, any kind of self-assessment, this woman took it out on the person who fired her as if it was their fault, their problem for firing her, because who could fire me? You know what I mean? It's just like, we need a real fucking reality check in life. A lot of people do. And if you can't do it yourself, then no one can. I mean, I've checked myself multiple times. I do it every day. Multiple times a day, I'll check myself sometimes. If I start thinking I'm the shit, I check myself like, no, motherfucker, you ain't shit. It's just the way it is. You got to constantly keep yourself grounded and humbled in life because there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad out there and you got to be prepared for it. And you got to understand that not everybody's against you. Not everything is going to be something that you like. You just have to deal with it and move on. You know what I mean? Life isn't this perfect cornucopia of greatness that's always going to work out in your favor. You have to take accountability. There's a common theme with everyone's problems in lives. If uh, you think about your life and you're like, all right, these are my problems, go ahead and get a pen and paper. Write down your five or ten biggest problems in life, things that you wish you could change. And then you look at it, and it's either going to come out one, one of two ways. You're going to look at it, and it's going to be everyone else but you. You're going to be like, well, I wish I can change this person, this person, this person. But you're not self-reflecting. You're not looking at things you could change by yourself. Like me, I want to like pay off some stuff. I want to pay off a credit card here or there. I want to, you know, like, so like some people are like, Hey, I, I, I want to be debt free in 2023. All right. So why are you in debt? Well, because I wouldn't, yeah, you, you, you did it. So what do you have to do about yourself? What do you have to change about yourself? You can't just magically, you know, snap your fingers and your debt goes away. You have to look at yourself and figure out what the fuck you did to get yourself in that situation and change yourself to change the outcome, change your own outcome. People just don't know how to do it. Why the hell did you get fired from work, lady? Oh, because I was calling out. Why were you calling out? Because ah, I didn't feel like going to work. Well, why do you not feel like going to work? You know what I mean? You have to take it a step further. Take it a step back. Self-assess, man. You got to fucking do that more often. You can't just be a hair-trigger scumbag and thinking that your shit don't stink. It's everyone else's problem but your own. You get yourself that list of five to ten things, I guarantee you half of those things, or at least most of them, 
will be something that you can change or something that you caused to get yourself in that position in the first place. You have to look at that and change it, man. You got to do that kind of stuff. But I mean, you, you can't just go through your life not self-assessing. Because if you do self-assess, you're going to be a good person. But if you don't, you're going to turn out like an asshole. And that was possibly the best segue of all time because it's time for the final segment of the show. And it's really sad because I'm sitting here and I got no one else in the room with me. I got no other person. I got no co-host today. And I'm, I got all the time in the world to reflect why the hell she loves this segment so much. And I think I'll never figure it out. Maybe one day I will. Maybe next time she'll tell me. But this is an interesting one here. This person wants to know. And I'm very excited for this one, by the way, because no matter what I say, it'll be the final outcome. So this is going to be an interesting one. This person wants to know, am I the asshole for refusing to help my parents with their mortgage, forcing them to lose their home, even though I can easily pay it off? Hmm. Sounds like an asshole to me at first glance. I mean, you think about your family, you think about your parents, you know, they took care of you their whole life. If you can pay it back to them, you pay it back to them, if, if you can, if it's within your means. It's not a requirement. Only if you can, because I don't think anyone's parents, if they're good parents in the right minds, would ever want you to displace yourself to make their situation better. So if you can, you should. And this guy admits that he can, so I'm inclined to call him an asshole. But like other people in life, I give people a chance to explain themselves. And if it's a valid explanation, I reserve the right to change my mind. You know, I could easily edit out the sips. But I don't want to, because this is about the realest podcast you'll ever listen to, people. Here we go. So here's a story. As children, my parents would buy my brothers whatever they requested, regardless of how expensive it was. Allowed them to go on trips with them and threw them over the top birthday parties while I didn't receive any. For example, my brothers got to go to Disney for their birthdays while I stayed with my grandparents. Fortunately, my aunt and grandma took me to Disney a few months later. After being called out, they said they couldn't afford the trip for five. This sounds like fucking Home Alone, man. You think that's the real reason why they left that fucking Kevin kid behind? As we got a little older, my parents had us working in their business after school and weekends. They gave both my brothers allowances for helping out while I didn't receive shit. I was expected to do more. Obviously, it was just financial abuse, though. My parents always said very hurtful things. They'd make comments when I entered the room, and I honestly still don't know what I did wrong. I don't know, man. It's Now, whenever someone tells me a story... And just to pause here real quick, a little side note, a little sidebar here. Whenever someone tells me all the bad things that's happened to them in life, this is just the kind of person I am. So you guys let me know if I'm an asshole or if you guys do the same thing here. Whenever someone's telling me, oh my God, my life, my problem, my problem, my problem, my problem, my problem. The first thing I ask back is, well, what did you do? Because I, I have a hard time feeling someone is just going to give you shit for no reason. No reason. And if it does happen, like, cause like it, it's happened a few times and, and I'm not going to say it doesn't happen because, because I can honestly say it happened the day that I went off on, on that worker at Walmart, we were just hanging out. Person comes up and like just interjects themselves in our business for no, for, for literally no, there was absolutely nothing wrong that we did. So I gave it back. But in a situation like this where it's like, okay, well, man, they treat me like shit. They didn't take, I, I have a hard time finding parents to just choose one child and be like, yeah, all right, so we have five kids, we're, we're only t- taking four, fuck that one, repeat always that one, fuck that one, I have a hard time thinking this person is innocent here, so that's just my mindset, just want to let you guys know where I'm at right now, when my brother graduated high school, they gave him an all-inclusive trip around Europe for the summer, when I graduated the next year, I didn't even get a party from them, 
I think the worst of it being they paid for both my brother's higher education, but told me to figure it out because they can't afford to pay for three college degrees. If this is true, man, these parents are fucking terrible. I just have a hard time believing. I, this, this is really tough for me to believe that people could be like that, but then again, who knows anymore. At 18, I moved in with my grandparents full-time and decided not to go to college because I didn't want to get into debt or put that burden on my grandparents who offered to pay for some of it. I did, however, take them up on their offer to financially support me until I had a job. My grandma gifted me about 5000 after moving in with her to help me start an online business I told her about. Long story short, my online shop blew up and made well over six figures my first year. Within five years, two online shops, and a lot of investing in real estates and stocks, I now make more money than my parents ever made combined in their entire lives. During the pandemic, my parents had to shut down their restaurant and are still struggling to make ends meet. They're also unable to pay for their mortgage and are afraid they'll go homeless if I don't support them. They also have a lot of medical bills after my father got into an accident and needed surgery for his knee. I, being so grateful for everything my grandparents and I have done for me, decided to get my grandparents their dream home and paid off my aunt's debts for medical school. After realizing I can easily afford to pay off their debts and mortgage, my parents have been begging me with tears in their eyes to save their home, but I refused. They called me an asshole and I deserved my upbringing and that I shouldn't be punishing my siblings and forcing them out in their homes for the actions of them. Okay. Alright, so that does change things a little bit there. I'm not punishing my siblings, though. I'll be more than happy to support them, especially my baby sister, if she comes and stays with me or my grandparents. Am I the asshole for watching my parents become homeless? Alright, so, I mean, this is tough for me. Because I question everything, and I like to analyze everything, and I like to know the real reason for things to happen the way they're happening. And I have a hard time believing that this kid did nothing at all. I mean, I people tend to embellish when they're looking for affirmation, when they're looking for that like, that dopamine drip online. So in order to get the crowd on their side or get the mob on their side, rather, they are going to say things more in their favor. And I wish we could get the grandparents point of view, like, Hey, you know, my parents weren't that bad or like, but he did these things and that's why they never got along. This, there has to be something to it. Now in this situation, ultimately I would have to say this guy's not the asshole because no matter what your kid does to you, you should never not include them in something. I mean, no matter how they turn out, you, they're always going to be your kid, and you're always responsible for them. I mean, that's not something you could just turn off. So, I I mean, I don't think all of it's true. I think he did embellish some of it, but some of it has to be true. And if some of it's true, I have to, I have to ultimately say the parents are in the wrong for this. Because I'm a parent, I got two beautiful girls, and, you know, sometimes they drive me nuts, but they're still my girls. And if my kid drives me nuts and five seconds later I find out they need something, they're they're going to get it. That's just the way that I am, and that's the way that every man should be in a situation like this. Every parent should be. So ultimately, I mean, this kid doesn't owe it to him. I mean, you do it, and, and it's like my kids wouldn't owe it to me to ever take care of me in the future if I ever needed it. Because it's not an obligation for me to take care of them. It's my pleasure. It's my duty. It's something I enjoy doing. It's the greatest job I've ever had in my life is being a father. So I, I, I enjoy it. If I grow old and poor and I'm, you know, begging for something one day and my kid says no, it, I'm not going to hold it against her. She's still my daughter. I'm still going to love her. It's, she doesn't owe it to me. I did it be, out of love and because I wanted to, not because I had to. I feel like these parents just... Uh, might have had some issue with him that he obviously doesn't want to go into detail with. I don't blame him. It's his own personal business. But 
that does take a lot out of the story here because I, I do believe that he's guilty of something. But his being guilty of anything still doesn't excuse his parents excluding him from anything. And the fact that they did exclude him from anything and the grandparents and the aunt picked up the ball and ran with it here, I, I feel like this is a justified snubbing of not paying the, the mortgage and helping the parents out. I mean, it, it's nice to pay them back because you got to figure over the lifetime your parents have spent millions of dollars probably. I mean, you got to think of like the salary, education, health care, all the money, food and shelter. I mean, you take every little penny and let's say the ideal kid moves out when they're 18. Over 18 years, you're living rent-free. You don't buy food, clothes, every little nickel and dime Christmases, birthdays, parties. Oh, you went over to your friend's house and you broke their mom's vase. I'm, I will have to buy that now. First car insurance. Every little dime adds up. So at least a million dollars you, you spent on your fucking kid. I'm sure. I'm sure your, your hospital bills, that's a huge couple hundred thousand dollars right there. So you think of all the, the money that you spent on your kid. I mean, it's not like you would ask for any of it back because you, you've given it up willingly. But I mean, it, it would be a nice gesture. Like, like if I had a million dollars and my parents were still alive and I just came into money, I would definitely take care of them. I mean, that's why NFL players or athletes or musicians or anybody, the first thing I'll the good ones will do is say, hey, man, I bought my mom a car, I bought my mom a home, because that's a way of showing appreciation. In this case, I don't feel like the kid, I mean, he was definitely slighted in some way, partly to him. The parents weren't really good parents, because they did neglect them. So for that, I would have to say, sir, you are not an asshole. Your parents are, but I mean... Shit, it must feel good for him. I mean, for people that like to spite others and, and, and like to say, gotcha, bitch, and watch others suffer, this must be a great thing for him. I mean, it's not a good outcome either way because people are going to suffer. And whether they deserve to or not is up to you guys to judge. I'm staying out of this one after saying, sir, you're an asshole. And that's it for today, people. You can find us on Twitter at Voices of Misery. You can email us at Voices of Misery Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter's becoming pretty active lately. I, I, I've been posting a lot more. I've been talking a lot more shit, bashing people, and uh, it's become a real, real fucking war zone, man. I mean, every day, it's sad to see, but more and more people are dying suddenly. 18-year-old uh, girl, up-and-coming UFC fighter. Um, yeah, well, she's not. she wasn't UFC. She was like MMA fighter. I forgot. Uh, young girl, 18 years old, died suddenly. There's another athlete who was bashing people about the vaccine. He died suddenly. There's just a lot of names now, and it's all the time, and they're getting younger and younger. And The sad thing is, this fucking thing hasn't even peaked yet, and we're sitting here seeing deaths all the time, and it really it really makes me sad that uh, that, that we're, we're, we're losing people that had faith in the government that's supposed to... I mean, like, you guys voted for these people to protect and serve, and they are serving you a dose of lies and murder in a syringe. So really grim stuff there, man, but we'll get through it. We'll make it to Friday. We got each other. I love you guys. Uh, it's been a hell of a run here, man. We've been doing this show for a long time. We're going to be doing it for a long time more. We just got to get nerd at healthy. So you can send your, uh, well, warm best wishes over to a voice of misery podcast at gmail.com. Or you can also, uh, send them on Twitter at voices of misery. You guys have a good one. Hopefully we'll be back to health here on Wednesday and we'll give you a regular show. Hope I did good for you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.